Hallelujah, Father. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? I'm going to start my timer. Oh, nope. That only given me, ooh. I had it set for 23 hours and 38 minutes. <laughs> we might actually finish a sermon. 38 minutes. You ready? Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes on how to become the type of person that heaven celebrates. Because you see, heaven has a different value system than the world does. And it's sad to say, but it's really evident that in no small measure, the church has embraced, or should I say, let me re surrendered our value system so as to accept the world's value system. I mean, in the church, we value a lot of the same things they do. They celebrate entertainment. We celebrate entertainment. They celebrate ce celebrities. We have our own brand of celebrities. The church can alter its value system, but heaven has never and will never alter its value system. Heaven values different things than the earth values. And it'll help us to understand that because just because we have human applause doesn't mean we have heavenly applause. Just because we have earthly recognition doesn't mean we have kingdom recognition. And I would rather have kingdom recognition than earthly recognition. Wouldn't you? There was a story in the scripture just to, to, to kind of show that God's value system, heaven's value system is different. You'll remember that there was a man, a prophet named Samuel. And Samuel was given the task of finding a replacement for Saul. And so the Lord sent him to a town called Bethlehem. And when he got to Bethlehem, he was to engage with a man named Jesse. And you remember the son's name, the eldest son, was actually Eliab. And when Eliab, or Elihab, however you want to say it, stood in front of Samuel, Samuel said this, because the guy was good. I think he would look a lot like Steve. You thought I was going to say me. <clears throat> but even my self-deception has limits. He was tall, good-looking, and when the prophet saw him, the prophet thought, now this looks like a king. This is what a king would look like. And he, this is what the prophet said to himself. Surely the Lord's anointed stands in front of me. And the Lord said, not quite so fast. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. I'm going to read this to you out of the New American Standard and then a little bit out of the contemporary English. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God does not see as a man sees, since man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. And then the latter part of the same verse out of the contemporary English says this, People judge others by what they look like. But I judge people by what is in their hearts. You listen to this. Heaven values the invisible. The earth values the visible. I'm, I'm talking about becoming the type of people that heaven celebrates. So I want to say it again. Heaven values the invisible. The things that your neighbors don't see. The earth values only what they can see. 
So today we're talking about how to become that type of person that heaven celebrates. Go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 21, verse 16. And this brings us the title of this morning's message is Manasseh. You know, Pastor Dave Roberson used to say the power of God is hidden in the verses that people pass over. Because there are verses that we will read and think, well, that's really not saying much. And, and Acts chapter 21, verse 16 is one of them. Because if you read it, it seems like a historical tidbit. But really hidden within this verse is, is a, an amazing example, a lesson of how you and I can become the type of people that heaven celebrates. The type of people the kingdom needs. The latter part of Acts 21, verse 16 says this, taking us to Manasseh. Now, taking us, this is the Apostle Paul is just, and I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory, but I won't really belabor it that much. But Paul's coming off a missionary journey. And my wife and I have traveled most of the globe, and we've been in the ministry long enough that I have learned the hard way. That when you've been ministering nonstop and you've been traveling by boat and train and plane and you're physically exhausted. Because ministry is, Brother Hagen used to tell us this, our first day at Raymond, Brother Hagen said ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. And dude, he wasn't lying. But when, you're, when, you're, when you've had a, an exhausting time of ministry, I've learned you've got to be careful who you hang with. Because, you see, there are some people that are consumers. They'll consume everything in you. There are some that are producers, but there are some that I... There are sowers, and there are suckers. There are people that will sow life into you, and there are people that will suck every ounce of life out of you. And so when you're coming home from... A, and you're already mentally, physically and even spiritually in need of refreshment, you've got to be aware of who you're hanging out with. And the Apostle Paul knew this. The Apostle Paul was just coming home from an amazing journey. He had visited several different nations. He had preached the message about the unknown God. He had caused both revivals and riots. That's ministry, man. He had been hailed and he had been cursed. He had survived assassination attempts. And he's on his way home, and he had just got done spending time with Philip the Evangelist. How many of you ever heard of Philip the Evangelist? Philip the Evangelist, he wasn't, he wasn't just an ordinary, this guy was amazing. He had caused revivals. He had been translated. He had lived such a godly life that his four daughters followed his call and each of them had become prophetesses. And so when Paul's coming off the missionary field, no wonder he would stay with Philip. I mean, that would be like going to go spend time with Billy Graham. I mean, they're going to lift you up. They're going to edify you. They're going to talk about what the Lord has done. And when Paul was done staying at Philip's house, in my mind, at least, I'm thinking, okay, Paul, you're going to go stay with Peter? Well, of course, you did have a fist fight with Peter in the church parking lot, so maybe you wouldn't go stay with Peter. But maybe James, John, Philip, someone, someone of note, someone who was a star in the early church. But Paul says, they took us to Manasseh of Cyprus. 
a disciple of long standing with whom we were to lodge. This is all it says about Manasseh. You couldn't hardly say anything less and still mention the dude. But the dude's mentioned in the Bible. There's no record of what Manasseh did. There's no record of him preaching some big revival or giving birth to a mega church. There's no record of him having a YouTube channel. There's no record of him being an influencer of any sort. All the Bible says about him is that he was a disciple of long standing, an old disciple. Now, in saying this, it's okay this morning. We're still talking about how to be the type of person that heaven celebrates. Some people are known for what they do. It's a greater thing to be known for who you are. Selah, I want to say that again. See, in our culture, we celebrate what people do. And as long as what they do either benefits us or entertains us, we're willing to overlook the fact that they ain't got no character, no morals. And I ain't just talking about congressmen in church. I mean, in, the, in Congress. I'm talking, mm. I think I'm going to turn and preach at the wall. But have you ever wondered how it is that a man or a woman can remain in the pulpit and it's known that they're pedophiles? Known. Because they have charisma, they have charm, and they can lead great congregations. But you hear me what I'm saying? Remember, I told you that the church has embraced the same value system as the world. And as long as you entertain us, we'll tolerate your lifestyle. Some people are known for what they do. Others are known for who they are. And I believe with all my heart, it's a greater thing to be known for who you are than what you do. Mm. Listen to this. Time is the test of character. Time is the test of character. Sometimes... We're too easily impressed by people. They tell you where they have been, and we're impressed. And I've learned the hard way, listen to this, that traveling is an activity, not an achievement. Selah. Just because somebody gets on a plane and goes to a foreign nation does not make them an apostle of the faith. It just means they bought an airplane ticket. So I want to say it again. Traveling is an activity, not an achievement. There was some years ago, I was, in the, the, I was in the Ukraine, and I was up very close to the Romanian border, and the pastor of the church that I was there to preach in wanted to take me for a drive and show me the countryside, and he said, would you like to go see the Romanian border? Have you ever been to Romania? I said, no, I've never been to Romania. Sure, let's go. Let's just take a drive. We'll go see it. So we got close with an eyesight of it, and he said, would you like to run across the border? I said, Why? 
He said, well, the last missionary, that is, I'm talking about character or the lack thereof. We're talking about being the type of people that heaven celebrates. He said, the last missionary that was here had me drive him to this spot. He ran across the field into Romania, yelled, Jesus is Lord, and then ran back and said he could now go home and tell everyone he had preached the gospel of Jesus Christ in Romania. Do you want to do that? I said, I think not. We get so caught up in impressing people with what we do. But what about when what we do sacrifices our character? Mm. Time, not activity, is the test of character. Character is what is important. Listen to this. Character is what a man is in his heart. You can't judge a person's character by their skill set, their talents, or their giftings. Time is the only test that matters, and Manasseh had passed that test. By saying he was a disciple of long standing suggests two things. This is all that we can extrapolate out of that one verse. One, that he had become a disciple when he was young. Some scholars say that he actually became a disciple in the time of Christ. That he, he had followed Jesus as a young man. And now in Paul's time of ministry, he was an old man. And during that time, without any exploits, he had remained a disciple. He had remained faithful. He had seen people come and he had seen people go. He had seen people declare their loyalty and then disappear. He had seen times of celebration and he had seen times of persecution. But he remained a disciple. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? See, we get so caught up in what we do, we got to focus more on who we are. Go with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 6. Manasseh was a faithful man. Someone does not become an old disciple unless they are faithful and loyal. Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 6 says this. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty. That word could have easily been translated faithfulness. Many a man proclaims his own faithfulness, but a trustworthy or a faithful man is what? Hard to find. Hard to find. Who can find a trustworthy man? Listen to this out of the contemporary English. There are many who say, you can trust me, but can they be trusted? In other words, many a man makes the declaration but few maintain position. Pastor, where are you going with this? I'm taking you somewhere. And this is a liberating place to be because, see, if it's about activity, we are not all called to do the same things. Not all of us are going to preach to million-member crowds in Africa. Not all of us are going to be Billy Graham. Not all of us are going to do great exploits in the natural sense. Not all of us have the same talents. Not all of us have the same skills. Not all of us have the same stature. But we can all be faithful to the one who redeemed us and to those he redeemed. We can't all do the same things, but we can make a declaration and then maintain our position. I shall not be moved. Faithfulness is what heaven celebrates, not skill sets. See, some of you can play the guitar. I play the radio. 
There's a reason why I'm not part of the worship team. And if it required great musical ability to be celebrated by heaven, I'd be out of luck. But see, you don't have to be a great preacher. You don't have to be a great singer. You don't have to be a poet. You don't have to be great in the world sense. But you do have to be faithful. Because faithfulness is what heaven is looking for. Heaven is looking for someone who won't abandon their position the first time their feelings get hurt. Faithfulness is what heaven applauds. And faithfulness will not make you easily recognized, but it'll make you celebrated by heaven. Listen, to find that faithful person is to find a kingdom treasure. Why? Why? What makes a treasure a treasure? My father-in-law has found treasure under the ocean. You want to know why something is treasure and something's a rock? Because treasure is rare. Rocks are plentiful. A faithful man is hard to find. That makes them a treasure. When you have a faithful person in your life, you have a treasure from God in your life. When you become a faithful person, you become a treasure. But to be faithful, listen to this, you've got to be one of those persons or people who keeps their promises even when it hurts. You've got to become the type of person whose yes is yes and no is no. Ah, I'm going to meddle a little bit. But you and I, and I didn't just say you, I said you and I. When we give our word, we got to swear to our own hurt. If we say we're going to be there at eight, nine, don't count. If we say we're going to show up and help and we don't show up, that is not faithfulness. We got to be the type of person who shows up on time every time who does what they say God told them to do, regardless of the applause or the lack thereof. Be a Manassan. That's a rare person. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Is this okay this morning? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2 out of the Amplified says this, Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful. It is required of stewards that we be found faithful. Faithfulness is the one thing, Cleve, we can all cultivate. It's just a matter of discipline, which is why they called Manasseh a disciple, a disciplined follower. He had been a disciplined follower for a long time. And that made him such a man of noteworthiness and such a treasure that when the Apostle Paul was coming through town, he said, I could stay with anybody. I want to stay with him. I don't want to stay with the church celebrity. I want to stay with the church janitor. Why? Because the church janitor serves without applause. The church janitor serves behind the scenes. The church janitor shows up every time, on time, all the time. That's a faithful man, and I need to be around some faith. It's easy to serve when you're getting the applause. But can I tell you something about faithful people? They're easy to overlook. And this is why you got to understand, if you're going to become the type of person that heaven applauds and celebrates don't look for a lot of earthly celebration yeah. 
And here's why. Because a faithful person never causes a scene. They just, they, just, they, 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 they just show up, they do their thing, their yes is yes, they swear to their own hurt. You don't ever have to wonder, are they going to be there? I know they're going to be there. How do you know they're going to be there? Did you put a tracking device in their car? No, I don't need to put a tracking device in their car. They just said they would. See, over the, is this okay this morning? Over the years, I have been burned by talented people. I've been burned by anointed people. I have never been burned by a faithful person because a faithful person just always does what they say they're going to do. And if they say, Pastor, I'm there to help you, you know they are there to help you. I'm talking about being the type of person that heaven celebrates, but they don't get a lot of earthly recognition because they're easy to overlook because they're just there. They're doing the job. They're serving. They're doing what God told them to do. Pastor Willie George one time, I don't know if you've ever heard of Willie George. He's now retired. But at one time, for about a decade, he was pastoring America's fastest growing church. Pastor Willie started as a children's worker. But before he was a children's worker, he was a Sunday school bus director. And he told a story that changed the the, the course of his whole ministry. He said when he was on the school bus and they had their route to go pick up kids to bring them to the Sunday school, he said there were always those kids, they were at the bus stop, dressed, ready to go, eager, smiles on their face. They couldn't wait to get to church and learn something about Jesus. And he said then there were other kids, they were never at the bus stop. And he said he would go and he would knock on the door and he would knock on the door and he would knock on the door. Finally, he heard commotion. And mom would come to the door in a, in a robe and slippers and hair up in curls. And she's like, oh, my God, is it time? I didn't know it was time. Oh, give me five minutes. And she would run around getting the kids ready. In the meantime, the kids that wanted to be there were sitting on the bus ignored. It's easy to overlook the faithful ones. And Willie said that the Lord reprimanded him. He said the Lord told him, you're spending so much time pursuing those who are unfaithful, you're ignoring the faithful. And so Willie made a switch. He decided those who want to be here, I'm going to pour everything I have into them. And those who don't, he just drove right on by. Why? Because they didn't want to be there anyhow. Can I, can, I, can I share something? I learned a lot from Pastor Willie. I've had people ask me, Pastor Jimmy, you know, you ought to call so-and-so. Why? Well, they haven't been in church. Why? Did they have a heart attack? No, they just got their feelings hurt. I got two words. They're born of the kingdom. Grow up. I'm talking, <laughs> Pastor, you got to leave the 99. You do when someone is astray and they're lost, when they can't find their way back. But when somebody just goes because they didn't get celebrated, you didn't shake their hand, you didn't recognize their new suit or their new dress, that's not, mm. 
You can spend so much time pursuing those who don't want to be a part that you mismanage those who want to be a part. And here's a kingdom rule. Whatever you mismanage, you will lose. You mismanage your money, you'll lose it. You mismanage your marriage, you'll lose it. You mismanage your relationships, your family, you'll lose it. Is this okay this morning? You can look over, listen, you, the greatest compliment you can give a man or a woman of God is to call them faithful. That's the greatest compliment. You're faithful. That's what heaven's looking for, someone who will just be faithful. Whether they get fanfare or no fanfare, just be faithful. You could look over Manasseh's life, and without a doubt you'd see times of great victory and times of numbing defeat. But he remained, listen to this, he remained a disciple not because he had no difficulties, but in spite of them. The grace of God had sustained him throughout the temptations of his youth and the disappointments of his old age. His perseverance is an encouragement to all of us. We may not all possess great abilities. We can't all be the Apostle Paul. We can't all be a Peter. But every one of us can be a Manasseh. We can be faithful. I wrote this down, and I want to say it. A great many of the problems we have in our churches is that we promote talent before character. We want leaders who have charm and ignore servants who are faithful. We see it in our sports arenas, in the halls of Congress, and unfortunately in our pulpits. Hmm. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verse 6, because the thing about a faithful person, the thing that stands out about them is their contentment. They're just content serving God. Yeah, they're just, they're just, they don't need titles. They don't try to impress you. I have a Jimmyism. The Jimmyism is this big dogs don't bark, little dogs have to. When somebody's always trying to impress you with who they are, in my mind, I see a chihuahua. I just do, because chihuahuas are always like, what are they trying to do? They're trying to prove to you they're a big dog. You get around a big dog, he just looks at you and says, step over the fence, bro. I ain't even going to bark at you. I'm just going to eat you. Because a big dog don't have to prove they're a big dog. Little dogs, always trying to improve. I ain't tiny. I'm gigantic. Rough, 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 rough. I've been here. I've done this. I've gone there. I've learned. I don't really care what you've done until I know who you are. I've had people come, and I don't know why they're trying to impress me. We don't got 6,000 members. What are you trying to gain? Pastor, I'm just as anointed as you are. I'm thinking you need to set your goals higher, man. I went to Ramah just like you did. So what? So did 7,000 other people. But when I get time is the ultimate test of character. Somebody who will just be them day after day after day. They may never get applause on this earth. 
but they'll be received into heaven like generals, like kings, like queens. They'll be celebrated because God is always looking for someone who will stand in the gap and be a person of faith. Just do what God called you to do day in and day out and day in and day out. Is this okay? One time years ago when I was leaving to go preach a revival, Deborah and I had a man who was like a spiritual father in my life. And he gave me some wisdom I did not understand at the moment. Sometimes it takes years to understand what can be said in one sentence. He told me, he said, son, don't go chasing success. Stay where you are. Do what God's called you to do long enough and success will find you. What he was saying was this, just be faithful to the divine call. Be faithful to the divine command. Be faithful to what God called you to do. And success will come looking for you because you become a magnet for the things of God because you proved yourself to be faithful. First Timothy chapter six, verse six says this. Godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. There's a great peace in contentment. Manasseh was content. He just stayed and served. Mm. I'm going to skip some of this for the sake of time. Listen to this. A man's character is reflected in the character of the men who associate with him. Years ago, I was teaching, I think I was in Slovakia, and I was teaching a group of business leaders. And the Lord gave me a statement that I've never forgotten, and I've, I've used it many, many times since then. And I was talking to these guys who all said they had no spiritual fathers, no one to mentor them. And one of the things that I told them is I said, allow me to discover who you pursue and I know who you will become. Allow me to discover who pursues you, and I will know what you have become. What am I, how's that reflect with this? You can tell the character of a man or a woman by who pursues them, who wants to be with them. The way this applies to this message is you can tell who char- who, the character of Manasseh by who wanted to stay in his house. Paul, of all the places he could have gone, Steve, he said, I want to be with him. I want to be with him. Show me who you pursue, who you'll spend time and money and energy to be around, and I can tell you, I can predict who you'll become. But show me who pursues you, and I'll know who you are. Faithfulness above any other thing is what heaven celebrates. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm glad about that because that makes the playing field level. Because we can all be faithful. It's not about the position or the title or the task. It's about did you do what the Lord told you to do? And did you do it long enough to hear well done? Not what did you do? but well done. Faithfulness is what heaven celebrates. Faithfulness is what heaven's looking for. 
sometimes ago, I'm going to close with another story just to show you that the true generals of the faith, you don't know their names. Can I be honest with you? The true leaders in the church are not on TV. The true leaders in the church aren't pastoring the biggest churches. You won't know who they are until you get to heaven. Years ago, my wife and I were preaching in this little tiny remote village in the northeastern part of Poland. We were very close to the Kalingrad border. And it was just a house meeting, very small meeting. I had no idea that in this meeting we would make a divine contact that would just impact my life. I have no idea what I taught on. I know it had to be good. <laughs> and when we were done, this old man, he was good looking, but you could tell he was old. He walked up to me and he told me through a translator, turn your head because I'm going to kiss your wife's cheek. I thought, bro, you might be old, but I'll take you out. <laughs> Found out who this man was through the pastor of this little home church. This old man, wasn't he loving his mid-90s at that time? 95. He had given his life to Jesus Christ when he was just a teenager. And he made the Lord a commitment. Every day at noon, I'll tell someone about you. And he shared his story. He said, the, the Nazis came. And it wasn't convenient to go out on the streets and tell someone about Jesus. He said, but I told Nazi soldiers about Jesus. Every day at noon with Nazi German soldiers marching up and down the streets of his town. He did not change his commitment because it wasn't convenient. He went out onto the streets and he told someone about Jesus because he had made a commitment to do it. Everyone say faithful. Do you know his name? No, you don't. I don't remember his name. But I guarantee you in the halls of heaven where he is right now, he's celebrated. He said that after the Nazis left, the communist came. Did he change his commitment under communism? No. Every day at noon, he walked the streets of his town and he would find someone and tell him about Jesus. When he met my wife and I, he said, the Nazis came and the Nazis left. The communist came and the communists left. And Jesus remains. I asked the pastor, I said, now he's in his 90s. What is he doing? Every day at noon... He's out somewhere on the streets telling someone about Jesus. That's faithfulness. Did he ever get the applause of the world? No. I can't even rename name the village we were in. But we're not talking about becoming the type of people the earth celebrates. We're talking about becoming the type of people that heaven celebrates. Stand to your feet this morning. I want everyone to lift your hand. First thing I want to say to you is if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, don't leave here without praying a prayer and asking Him into your heart. If I could have our prayer team come up. If you're here this morning and you need prayer for any other thing, physical ailments, stress in your mind, whatever it is, 
you can lay all those things down, we want to pray with you. It's our joy. And your success, your victory is our honor. But for the rest of us, before I release you to come and receive prayer, I want us to pray together as a congregation. 